Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Jeanie Snell, for today, Thursday, September 29th. And I'm really excited about tonight's show. But first, as always, I'm going to throw out some reminders. The call-in number is 914-803-4399. Again, it's 914-803-4399 if you have a comment or a question for our guests or if you uh, just want to listen by phone. I just want to encourage everyone who's out there listening by phone, if you you know don't have Internet access, we encourage you to listen by the phone. But if you can listen on your computers, please do so because the phone lines are lighting up, and I want to get all those who want to speak, um, I want to get them through tonight. Um, also, I want to say hello to everyone that has signed in in the chat room and those who are listening via computer and phone, hello, and thank you for joining us. And before we get started with our guests tonight, uh, we have some duty news. Good evening, everyone. This is Danny, and I have beauty news for Thursday, September the 29th. A reminder to everyone, starting in October, Beauty Talk will be moving to Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So mark your, calendar, uh, your calendars for this upcoming change. And also look out for upcoming information from Janice and Denise of Illusions Cosmetics about conversations with celebrity artists in Buckhead on November 16th at the Green Room Lounge. Uh, They definitely will provide additional information as it becomes available. And I know there's been a lot of talk on Twitter, but makeup artist and beauty expert Tia Dantzler will be hosting a workshop on Sunday, November the 6th, from 3 until 7 at Room 43 in Chicago. Uh, Come join the discussion as Tia talks about branding and strategy, the importance of social networking, and much, much more. Admission to this event is $150, and spaces are limited. So if you are interested in participating uh, or to receive more information um, about this exciting workshop, please call 1-866-492-1500. And I'm going to repeat that, uh, 1-866-492-1544, or visit um, com. And lastly, uh, Crown Brush is having a contest on Facebook. So what you would need to do is like their fan page for your chance to win $1,000 in Crown products when they receive um, 10,000 likes. The first 
twenty winners of or runners up, excuse me, will receive a limited edition of Encore makeup brushes. And you can visit uh, Facebook.com backslash Crown Brush fan page. And this is the beauty news for today. And let me just add, um, we said Beauty Talk was moving to Sundays uh, starting October 9th. That's just temporarily. It'll be for six weeks until my sister and I finish this movie, and then we'll be back to Thursday night. So just try to follow us as best as you can, but we're just moving temporarily. Okay, so I just wanted to remind you all of, of that. So I'm excited, like I said earlier, for tonight's guest. Welcome to the show, AJ. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited after a long day, but I'm very excited about tonight, uh, tonight's session. Nice. I am excited, too. I think, I mean, so much has been, you know, going on with Twitter and, you know, I think to, to be able to, to voice some of those ideas, you know, and have people, you know, be able to chime into them and, and provide their feedback on it, I think it's going to be a really great discussion tonight. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Why don't you tell our listening audience, I know a lot of them know who you are, um, but there may be some people who don't know who you are or some of us who know who you are but we don't know your story. Um, tell us what inspired you to become a makeup artist and when. Uh, let's see, what inspired me to become a makeup artist? I guess for me, it was always just the need of being able to express, uh, ideas that I've had in my head that I couldn't verbally, uh, communicate to others. And I also believe that, uh, you are the, the best interpreter of your ideas. So after tons of trial and error with, uh, trying to do it other ways, I just basically took the brush in my own hands, I guess, and, uh, decided that... <laughs> That, that I could figure it out, <laughs> and I did. So I think that and was. How long that ago was, was that? Uh, it's probably been about maybe eleven years now. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Yeah. And do you have? Let me ask you this: Do you have um, any regrets? I guess I should say um, as to doing that. I'm sure no, absolutely not. I mean, I've worked in several different capacities within the entertainment industry just from early on, uh, starting mm-hmm. when I was about maybe 17 years old. So, I mean, oh. for me, like, I, I love new challenges and I love, you know, trying different things. And I've never not been the type of a person to try the things that I believe in or the things that I thought that I could do. And I've uh, been fortunate enough to to be successful in many of those. And I would I would just have to say that, that makeup was probably the one thing that took off in a bigger way, and it's taken me around the world, uh, you know, at least three times. So, you know, I regret, no, I've never regretted anything that I've done. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure you haven't. I'm <laughs> sure you haven't. Have you faced any, any challenges um, during those 11 years that you, you know, wish to share? Talk about. Say that one more time. Have I faced any challenges have, with being? Have a, there been any challenges? Um, just any difficulties? Just trying to be the makeup artist that you are. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, you know early on, I think it was just more or less. It, it was about being noticed, uh, or mm-hmm. you know, really, I think perfecting what I wanted. You know, perfecting my craft or not really knowing. Like I've never really assisted uh, any big artists for any long term. Uh, period of time. Uh, I have many friends who assist really great artists and they've been there for five, three, four, five, and six years. Uh, for me, I didn't really take that route just because, 
I didn't know that that would be the right path for me. I just, I kind of jump in into things like, and I go head first and I just, you know, I, I start trying to swim. So uh, I think the biggest challenge is just staying motivated when things uh, are not necessarily going the way that you expect. Mm, right. Right. Now you mentioned assisting. You said you haven't assisted any, you know, big artists. Have you assisted at all? Anybody I have. at all? Um, okay. Like I, the assisting that I've done, like Matthew Anderson was probably, no, that's not true. Uh, uh, a makeup artist, her name is uh, Desiree. She uh, is the first makeup artist that brought me on as an assistant. And that was, that was, I think my first, uh, that was the first time that I thought, oh, okay, cool. Assisting isn't so bad because I didn't really know what to expect. I had been working on my own, you know, for so long and I'd never had a job where, anyone would want to, you know, where anyone was offering any assistance work. So uh, when I got this call, I was like, okay, cool. I would totally do it. It was a genuine video in Las Vegas. So uh, that was really fun. And then from there I assisted uh, Matthew Anderson, which I worked with him for a couple of years on different projects. We did uh, season three of Top Model together. That was the one big job that, uh, that I was with him for the longest period of time. And then we uh, – I worked with him with Christina Milian on the Dip It Low video, which for me that led to uh, me going out on tour with Christina Milian for about a year. Uh, then Pat McGrath in Paris, and uh, that was really great. I did all the best shows, seven shows in about six days uh, when I was living in Europe for a little while. And uh, and, and Torsten Witt. Witt is an amazing artist. He does hair and makeup. We'd, I've done cover girl stuff with him, so... Okay. Um, what do you think? Because this is an ongoing conversation on this show. We talk about assistance quite often here lately. But what do you think makes a great assistant? Wow. What makes a, someone that's just eager to learn? And mm-hmm. like I was always eager to learn. I didn't know how to get the information, but when I figured out how to get it, I always wanted to do it. And it's not it's not about the money. I think it's just about the knowledge that you're going to take away. And I think that so many, even before I got into beauty or into makeup, like I interned all the time. Uh, you know, when I was working in artist development with uh, one of Michael Bivens labels, his Biv 10 record label at the time, I started out as an assistant and then moved on into uh, artist development coordinator under the artist development director and uh, assisting and, and interning. You, you can't benefit enough from doing that. Um, I think that a lot of, artists today feel or young people today feel as if they're beyond that or they're, they have to get paid now. And, you know, it's just, there's an art, there's an art to being a great assistant. There's an art to, uh, to being able to, to help someone's vision go longer, being a team player, really. You know, I think that's what it teaches you. It teaches you to, to really be a team player. It teaches you to go above and beyond. I think that a great assistant or a great intern you're being resourceful. I don't ever want to have to tell you how to get from point A to point B. Like, that's why you're here. You're here because I need you to figure out how to get from point A to point B and while I work on other things. Right. You know, I don't think that people get that. Right. Absolutely. Now, this is something I never knew, and I never knew about your agency, Blackboard Group Management. Yes, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you, I'm sure some of your artists there use assistance as well. Absolutely. Well, Blackboard Group is really amazing because 
you know, it's a it's a new it's a new venture. It's a fairly new venture to the public. I've had it, I've been building it and growing it for about two years now. Uh, in our okay. fashion division, we boast some really great names like uh, fashion stylist uh, Enrique Melendez, who uh, he styles for Will I Am and of the Black Eyed Peas. He does Jason Derulo. He does. Uh, Bruno Mars, you know, to name a few. And then we have Jason Rembert, who does an amazing editorial. Uh, and he works with some really great girls. He, as of late, he's been doing a lot of stuff with Winter Gordon and uh, Lloyd and Jay Sean. He does everything for him. So, uh, and some up-and-comers. You know, I think Blackboard is, is one of those places where, you know, everyone on our roster, we, we really get to benefit from from my knowledge for sure, but then there's also just some great things and new fresh things that they're bringing to the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what does your agency in particular look for in an artist, a creative artist, whether it's a hairstylist, fashion stylist, makeup artist? I think what we're looking for are people that are fresh and innovative. And and you hear that a lot. You hear, oh, we want what's new. We want what's hot. We want fresh and innovative. But at the same time, there really is uh, a meaning behind that. Like, I know that I can go uh, to any one of the artists on our roster and they will be able to give me really great references as to, you know, a, a direction that we're trying to go. I think that the artists that we're looking for have to be really well-rounded. You know, you have to be secure in yourself and you're coming to the table with a sense of knowledge and a sense of confidence uh, in your work. And it, and it speaks through their go-getters. Uh, they're always shooting. That whether they're working on a project with a celebrity or something that they're that they've produced on their own, uh, or it's something that a photographer has come in and asked them to be a part of. However, you've come to the production, they're always shooting. They're always trying to be better than the next. They're always researching. Their uh, their rolodexes are are full with connections to get them the best products or the best clothing is collaborating with the best people. I think that you have to want to do that. So they've, they've definitely done their own homework before they got here. And what we do here is we help them take it further. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's, that's the thing I was just, the next question was going to be, what is your role? Um, or what role does an agency have, I should say, in an artist's career? I know you want to take them further. Um, and I guess I want to know, I guess your role Versus, uh, versus the artist's responsibility and role at your age. My role versus, well, I think here what we've, I think I've taken a lot of cues from my own career. And, and that's basically mm-hmm. in the sense of, uh, you know, starting out, I knew before I even had an agent, I knew that I needed to hit the pavement. I, everywhere I went when I first got to L.A., uh, I was at Sunset Plaza. I was at the Beverly Center. I would walk up and down Melrose, and I would just have my portfolio, you know, with me. Not that I was going into every store or showing it off to every person, but because it was a conversation piece. And I knew that by having that, people would be interested, and it sparked a conversation on its own uh, to where I could then expand on the conversation and go in. And then a friend would say, or someone would say, oh, I have a friend who does this. You should meet them. It was networking. It was just networking. And I think that, you know, uh, then moving on into working with my agent, uh, I knew that I needed to be known in New York. I wasn't known in New York. So even though I had a fairly uh, nice clientele growing, 
a lot of the New York magazines wouldn't work with me because they just didn't know who I was. And they had their own teams and they had their own uh, clicks that they were working with. So uh, for me, it was really important for me to get involved with a publicist. And that's when I hired, for a lot of you that know me or that have followed me, uh, Troy Monaco. He was really the the catalyst in in building that brand for me and um, helping me to build the AJ Crimson brand uh, to the point where, uh, I was known in New York, and I was known in other places, and, and it, it helped build the popularity. There's so many different things. It's the marketing behind the art. You know, this business, it's one thing to be an artist, but then you also have to be a business person, and you have to, be, uh, you have to learn how to market yourself. You have to learn what tools are going to work for you, and I think that with Blackboard Group, it's, the artists are going to benefit from that. They're going to benefit from that knowledge because what we are doing is, is marketing them. We're, we're more of a management company than an agency, I think, you know, just to, you know, I think, I think that, you know, the, that's the artists that I'm working with now, that's what they need. They need more management and guidance because they're bigger than just going to set every day. They're bigger than just going to a job and, and, and dressing someone or doing someone's makeup. They're actually uh, in line to be the next, uh, the next brand. You know, they're the ones who are that we're going to look to to for our, our fashion cues and our beauty cues and, and our beauty statements. Exactly. Let me ask you, because some people are on the fence about whether they need an agent or not. Some are kind of afraid of agents. You know, some have heard stories about um, agents not um, paying them everything that they were supposed to get and this, that, and the other. Is it important to have an agent? I absolutely do believe it's important to have an agent. And I believe it's important to have, a, have an agent. And this, this kind of takes us back to one question that I didn't touch on in your last, uh, in the last answer, was the artist's responsibility. I think when people mm-hmm. come to agencies, they often think that the agent is supposed to do all of the work. Right. The agent, your agent is in the office. Your agent is, is fielding phone calls and they're, connecting you and letting more people know about you in the office. You're out in the field every day. We're, we as artists on the artist side, we're out and we're meeting people. We're at the parties. We're with the artists. We're hanging with them. So we're consistently meeting people on set all of the time. And what I would do with my agents is if I had, if I knew that I just had a really great shoot and there was a photographer that I hadn't worked with before, I would get that photographer's information. We would connect on one level and keep a line of communication open. And then I would often take that information and give it to my agent so that my agent could follow up as well because my agent may not know this particular, this particular photographer. I was rooted in music uh, for the time that I had my uh, agent and, and her, all of her connections were, were the record labels, you know? So she wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily, we got hired through the artist. We weren't hired through photography where if you're in fashion, uh, or some other aspects, a lot of the photographers come with teams. So ideal, realistically, we would almost never have that type of a connection. You know, you'd never be hired that way. So I wouldn't have that relationship. But uh, I think it, it is important to have an agent. I think at some point when you're ready to have one, when your work speaks uh, to the quality and the standard of the agency that you're looking to work with, uh, it's more beneficial because you get plugged into different types of work, and mm-hmm. and I think that the industry just takes you a little bit serious, more or, or just takes you more serious than you were when you walked in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Kissable Couture. 
Uh, Kissable Couture was an idea. I was actually working with Fergie at the time, and we were, I was in New York, and I was on basically like a hiatus. I was on break for two weeks waiting for uh, her to come to town. I had come early, and I was thinking to myself, like, man, I need to create something that can generate revenue without me actually needing to be there because, you know, unlike fashion styling or, yeah, unlike fashion styling, you I couldn't just have an assistant show up and do the makeup. Um, I wasn't there yet, uh, and the artist wants you. But I, but I was also looking at two weeks of time that I didn't really have anything on my books. And I think that just thinking forward of that space, I never wanted to be in that space again. So that was really the birth of Kissable Couture. It was originally supposed to be a lipstick line, but then I thought to myself, well, what is it that you use on a consistent basis? And I was always buying brand new lip glosses for Keisha, uh, Keisha Cole or um, Christina or even Fergie at the time. And, and there was a color that Fergie and I were using uh, on as we traveled and it was going out of uh, production. It was, go- it was going to be discontinued. So she's like, Hey, like you should make this. And that's pretty much what started. So from that conversation, from those, from those thoughts, I took that back to my now business partner, Keisha, who was just my good friend back then. Uh, and I told her, I was like, hey, I have this idea for lip gloss. I would, you know, I think we should make something. And maybe about a month later, she called me and she was like, hey, what's going on with our lip gloss empire? And, and then we just <laughs> started taking meetings from there. Yeah, it was really funny because I didn't, I didn't re- you know, when you, when you put something out at first, you never really know how serious individuals are. And, and when she called me back to say, hey, what, what are we doing with this, that solidified it for me with her and and then it's like hey like well this is the research i've been doing you know let's let's take some meetings and it just started right. to grow from there yeah and can you tell us a little bit about um your collections and you know what or who inspired each collection uh well Kessable couture is in its fourth year now we just had our four-year anniversary september 7th we originally launched the brand online uh and we are about maybe five five branded collections in. I would I want to say the, the first collection was the first Kiss collection, which we started with our seven signature shades, uh, which we named them all after boys. So the idea was, do you remember? For women, it was, do you remember? Well, I guess men too. Do you remember your first kiss? <laughs> so, so we so for so some men. So we uh so it was really just geared towards that. You know, we wanted to just hit this place of nostalgia for the customer, you know, because everyone remembers their first kiss for the most part. So, uh, so that's where we started. Then we moved into everything love inspires, which was bliss fantasies and dreams. Then we moved into barrier soul, our barrier soul collection, and then uh, transitions. And uh, now, and then over, over, through the years, like we've introduced other little things like smooches, our smooches to our glamour uh, kit, which we launched uh, as an individual straight to customer, but we previewed it for QVC last April. So there's a lot of little things in the works, and we have some new stuff coming up. We're actually working on uh, eyeshadows, which should be debuting pretty soon. We have a new collection called Kissable Couture Candies, uh, which I'm really excited about. You'll be seeing that in the coming months, actually, for holiday. And uh, I don't know. You just have to stay tuned. We have some collaborations working or brewing. Okay. Well, let me um, let me ask. We'll take the time to ask if there are any questions or comments 
from the chat room. Oh, perfect. This is what I was waiting for. <laughs> I can't hear. No, I can't hear my sister. Can you hear anything, AJ? No, I don't hear, hear it. Only you. No, my, no, the thing is, is I can hear my sister from the other room speaking, but I can't hear her on the line. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> I got you now. Okay. Um, Danny, has, Danny has two questions. The first one is, as an artist interested in creating a product line, what types of research must one do to, di- to differentiate your product from everything else in the market? I think that that's where that's going to rely on your creativity. For me, for Kissable Couture, we wanted to create something that was, uh, that didn't feel like everyone else in the sense, when you pulled it out, when you pull a Kissable Couture lip gloss out, you feel elegant, you feel, uh, you feel beautiful. I mean, there's, there's so much taste and so much class when you pull this particular tube out as opposed to something that you got, you know, for $16 somewhere. You know, our our packaging, uh, one of the inspirations for Kissable Couture's packaging was it, it actually derived from uh, watching my sisters when they bought Tiffany & Co. Uh, every time they got a new piece, they always put it back in the box. And for me, seeing that growing up when I bought clothes, I would always leave them in the box until I was ready to, to wear them. Like I would just have the people at the store or at the mall, like box all of my things up. For, and I, I don't know if that came from just watching old movies and seeing how, you know, when people used to shop, they used to all come in boxes, but it was just a special moment when you opened that one piece up and whether it was a sweater you've been hanging on to for a month or two weeks or, or even a few days, when you have that moment with yourself, you feel really good about the purchase. You feel extra special. So with Kissable Couture, we wanted to make make sure that every woman, when they were putting that gloss on, they felt extra special about what they were doing, not to mention that it was just a really great product itself in the fact that it's not sticky or tacky or, uh, you know, that doesn't leave, like, white residue in the corners of the mouth. And that was something that we just stumbled upon. But it's a it's a feeling. What feeling or what emotion do you want to evoke? I think that's the type of research you want to uh, look at. When I was first doing the storyboards for Kissable Couture and really trying to pinpoint who the customer was or who the girl was that was wearing that would wear this gloss, uh, I took tears for magazines and I put different images of girls up until we came up with her look, with her lifestyle the things that she was interested in, uh, and that helped us round it out into to figuring out who we wanted to speak to and putting the brand out. So I think that that would be one of the things that you want to do. What, what, what will differentiate you from the other brands on the market is how you define yourself. Right. Right. And Danny's also asking, uh, Danny and Sherry both are asking, how did you know that you needed an agent? And then also the top uh, points to know when you are ready for an agency. Uh, how did I know? You know, I didn't know. <clears throat> I was my agent for a really long time. Uh, and it's really funny. I, I created a company before I moved from Michigan to L.A. called Crimson Inc. And, uh, and I knew that Anthony would be AJ's agent. And at some point, AJ 
Crimson would come together as one name. And that was pretty much how it worked. You know, I, Anthony agented AJ. And uh, so I think I've always known that I've needed that because you always need a voice. You always need a voice other than your own to fight for you. You always need a voice other than your own to, to speak to you in a way where, uh, you know, or to, or to speak to others in a way that, that you often sometimes cannot and a lot of artists are afraid to do. One, because you just don't know. You don't know how much you're worth. You don't know what... You, what you could possibly get on a job or where uh, where you might be being taken or, or you're not getting what you're worth or what you're supposed to be getting. So so getting a, so having an agent is, is I feel like it is important because you're you're partnering up with someone that is uh that is in your corner and that is gonna help to teach you and mold you and guide you in areas in which you're not accustomed. Uh how do you? What are some of the things to when you? How do you know that you're ready for an agent? I guess uh, what's your clientele like? Is it something that is that's overwhelming for you? Do you have a? Have you built a clientele and you built a reputation uh, that precedes you in a positive light? Uh, right. To where you know that's really important. Your personality is so much uh, more important than even the skill. A lot of times, I mean, there's a lot of working makeup artists that aren't very great, but their personalities. Uh, are amazing, and that's what keeps them their foot in the door. Uh, the the quality of work in your book. I think that uh, you have to consistently be pushing for your work to look like the pages of the magazines that you aspire to be in. Right. And if they don't, if it doesn't, if it's not coming, if it's not looking like that or it's not coming close, then you still have work to do. Uh until you start until you start receiving those tears, and that's why it's so important to test uh, hmm, what is another thing I think that uh I think it's just finding someone and then it's also getting the feedback from the agencies that you that you're looking at and looking at the artists that they are alongside with and seeing if there's a place for you there. obviously, you don't want to go to a place that has three other people that are doing the same work as you. Um, right. You know, they won't really need you. There's no, there's no place because they're they're consistently pitching for those three people. So what would they need a fourth person for? Finding a finding where you fit in. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be actively pursuing an agency. So I think you know, you'll, I think you'll know, especially when, when you sign with one. That's when you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they. Yeah, that's, that's when, when you they know. know. Yeah. You know. And and okay. I think courting different agencies, whether yeah. it's getting on their assistance list, because uh, for me, uh, I wanted to uh, work with Morgan Maldonado for a really long time. That was a, this is a really great agency here in L.A., and I ended up meeting one of the bookers because uh, through a friend, and that's how I met Matthew Anderson. And Matthew Anderson's team was a really hard team to get on, and the agent told me that before – uh, when I was applying, and I said, "Hey, like I would really want to work with Matthew, Matthew Anderson." They said, "Well, you know what? Matthew's team is probably one of the hardest teams to get on here." He said, "Because everyone wants to work with him. He pretty much created like the whole J Lo glow thing, and uh, and uh, some kind of ways, just me always sending like a little touch base and sending like a, a thank you after a job, uh, a thank you letter, handwritten. You know, those things stand out." You know, those things get you remembered. 
uh, it's doing the things that other people aren't. And, uh, and one day they called and, you know, and that's when I ended up on Matthew's team. I ended up, I was already with an agency at that time. So there was no real, no real need or desire to move, but, uh, I made it on the teams that I wanted to be a part of. And it was just about being consistent. Right. Right. Now, Sean is asking for you to elaborate a little bit on traditional traditional makeup classes versus makeup 101. Um, I'm sorry, tr- elaborate a little bit more on traditional makeup classes. Makeup 101 versus more specialized learning. Is like makeup 101 falling by the wayside? You said has makeup 101 fallen by the wayside? Uh-huh. No, I don't think it has at all. I, you know, and I think this is what pretty much sparked the question, or sparked this interview uh, a few days ago on Twitter. I was I was on Twitter, and you know, two young ladies were were comparing the differences between a Sam Fine class that was being given for $150 and a class that I had done just pretty much like as a as a as a public offering uh, for 25 the year before, and there the thing that was being debated was whether there was freebies involved Mm. in getting in this $150, which led me to say that many of you, either you have or you're anticipating ongoing or attending a school to get a certificate that I don't really know where the certificates actually are valid or what they proclaim other than the fact that you've graduated and you've completed something, but you'll spend mm-hmm. 15 or 20 or $30,000. I've had, a, I had an intern who actually came to me and told me how she had spent 15,000 on a makeup school in one region. She moved to another region and spent another $7,000 to learn hair somewhere else. She spent another, you know, X amount of dollars somewhere else. And she felt after 10 years of doing that, she was no further along than she was when she started. So Makeup 101, no, it's not dead. It's not dead at all. I think that you all, whether it's whatever route you choose to go to, if, 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 a, if someone is offering you a class for $150, then you should take it because That's right. you're not going to – I don't use assistance all the time. Sam Fine doesn't mm-hmm. use assistance all the time. Tia Danzler doesn't use assistance all the time. So – and in many cases – our clients, it's one-on-one. When I'm with A. Marie, I don't really need an assistant. I know the look. When I'm with Estelle, I don't need an assistant. I know the look. Unless I'm being booked for, like, some huge job, uh, like a music video, uh, which I very rarely do, in which, you know, the budgets are so low these days that you you aren't hiring teams of people yeah, any longer. Exactly. You know, this is your opportunity to find out the things that, that working makeup artists know. Now, yes, there's different skill levels. Uh, and you would maybe want to investigate that because if, you know, if, if, but you know, I don't even, I, I wouldn't even say that because if Billy B gave a class, I'd be there, you know, and not because I feel, and not because I don't feel like I don't know some of the things, but I don't know some of the things he's done. He's 20 right. years plus in the industry. So absolutely right. I would want to be there. If Reggie Wells gave something, I would be there. If Sam gave something, I would be there, you know, but even to someone if there was someone new, if there was someone new that I that was just kind of on the radar and I, I didn't really know who they were, I would want to be a part of what they're doing because they're, I'm, I'm set in a way, perhaps, even though we try different things and we try to uh, adjust our technique 
there is a certain aesthetic or a certain way or a certain method that I use to get to my final product. But going to see how someone else gets to their final product, you learn, you get things. You can't stop with education. It's just like hair. You know, with hair, you can right. never stop learning new techniques. So, you know, I think that people need to, you need to race to these classes. You need to, to race, especially if you don't have $15,000 to go to Paris to, to, uh, to learn from maybe the Makeup Forever School or the, their academy. It's just these are economical ways in, in, to enhance yourself. Well, you know, you've got people out there, AJ, who have been in the business for three years, four years, and they're charging, you know, four fifty, five hundred dollars for a class. So why shouldn't you, and why wouldn't you take a class of Sam Fine for one fifty? Say that again. I mean, why I, wouldn't you? I, yeah, I was like, why wouldn't you take a class? Or, or yeah, no, that's what I. That's what I would think. I would think, why wouldn't I mean, you my, race to that opportunity? Yeah. Because you know, Sam is working on things. Sam does this this smoky eye that. I love, and I've never, and I think I could put as much smolder as I want on a girl's eye and as much carbon on there, but I, unless I was sitting there with him and him showing me step-by-step step how to get to that particular eye because that is right. the way I would want to do it, I'm not going to, I would never, I'll never do it that way, you know, yeah. and there's just certain things, there's just certain techniques, you know, that you pick up and learn that you just, you can't. Now, now if someone that's three years in the in the game and they're charging you $450, you know, for a class, I would assume that they're teaching you something that uh, is really spectacular or like a technique, maybe it's airbrushing or maybe it's some type of a, mm-hmm. you know, specialized art, you know, whether it be special effects or something to that effect, you know, that you would want to spend that kind of a money, that kind of money on, or maybe their clientele, you know, speaks to who they are and why you should be there that just goes into the research. Right. And now um, Santara is saying that that class is priced at 150 because the class is raising money for an organization. Oh, and that's even better. I mean, but even if it wasn't raising money for an organization, you have an opportunity to sit in the room with one of the greatest, you know, that, that's here. I mean, he's worked on everyone. So why wouldn't you want that opportunity to be face-to-face with him to ask him all of the questions or at least one of the questions that you've, that you've had? Right. Something to help enrich you or something to help you get a little that one step further. Like I just don't – that's priceless. Yeah. I think so. And on, quite honestly, the way the economy is now, I would jump at any class that was under – uh, under three hundred dollars. I mean, you know, if you could, you know, if you could mm-hmm. get there, I definitely, I definitely would. You know, I remember, I remember those days when classes were five hundred dollars, and you know, so well, why some not? Some still are. Yeah, yeah, some exactly. Still are. I think, I think that you know, even and I know that a lot of people, uh, even in industry, <clears throat> they use the economy as their excuse or scapegoat as to why you shouldn't make as much money or why you shouldn't spend certain things. But <clears throat> I see many girls that still have really great bags. I see girls who still have really great shoes, Louboutins and, you know, the like. And you're not you're not mincing dollars on those things. So why would you – why would you – allow yourself to suffer 
educationally or you know right. how, do you, how do you how do you change how do you value one over the other exactly exactly absolutely i mean so we, we can have, look good all day but i guess you know it's easy not to know nothing walk around look good but not know anything but call for yourself sure. a maker, but you don't want to exactly. spend the time or the small investment to you know further advance your skills yeah i mean i think that was one of the things even with me growing as an artist when i came to set Every I, when I was working more heavily as an assistant, everyone came and they broke out their Mac kits. Everybody had Mac, you know, and that's you know every, because it was a standard. Like, you know, as a makeup artist, you just had Mac. It was a thing to do. Uh, me, I had worked at Mac, so yeah, I had a, a bunch of it. But I also started getting into Nars. I started getting into Makeup Forever. I started to get into Chanel. My skincare was. Uh, things that I had gotten shipped from overseas here. So when I set up my makeup kit on the counter and Fergie walked in the room or Christina or whomever else walked in the room, they're looking at my setup and they're asking me questions because they're saying things that they hadn't seen before. And right. now they want to know about it. So, yeah, my $300, I worked, I worked a job the week before and it only paid me $250 and I took – half of that and saved it and I took a, a little bit from another job and I bought that $250 face cream because mm-hmm. I know that that is an investment that's going to get me back more reward many times over because my client is going to see that I'm investing in myself and investing in them, like for them to have the best. People want the best. They don't want what everybody else can get them or things that they can go get themselves. What? So how are you going to differentiate yourself from the next artist if you both have the same kit. That's true. Yeah, That's we can true. all go to Dwayne Reed and we can all go to CVS and buy, you know, tons of, you know, drugstore makeup. But is that what your client really wants? Yes, a lot of it works the same, you know, but is that what your client wants? They can go there and get that. And yes, it is how you work with a product because I'm sure there's a lot of people say, well, it's not really about the product, it's how you work it. That's true and that's not true. Some products are better than others. And, uh, you know, but you can't come in the door and command a top dollar and you're doing everything with drugstore cosmetics and you're not endorsed by that cosmetic line. And even then you're still using other products. Right. Mm -hmm. That's true. I don't we know, am I making called. sense? Yeah, <laughs> you are. You really are. <laughs> you definitely are. Um, we have a caller from the 313 area code, so I'm going to bring them on. Nice. Hello. Detroit. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. How are you? Hi, guys. This is Jennifer James Beauty. How's it going? Hi, Great. Jennifer How are James. you? Hi, AJ. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm really enjoying the show, and I'm really super enjoying the richness in your vocabulary about the industry on so many different levels. I remember reading somewhere that you spoke about, you told some little story about being a little kid and always wanting to learn. Can you just expound on some of the early signs that you saw in yourself as a little kid 
that led you to the path that you're on now? I would love to hear a little bit more about that because you're so interesting, and I love how you speak about everything. So, oh, thank you. Um, well, <laughs> when I was younger, I, I, I don't know. I was playing. I played with Legos until I was maybe about 13 years old. My dad took them away at, at 13 because you know I just I did everything with them. I I made little VCRs, little VCR tapes, anything that I could create with a set of Legos, I did. So, you know, anytime I could go to the Toys R Us and get something, it, it really, it was pretty much that. Um, I don't know how it, I watched a lot of television when I was growing up. Um, that was a plus and it was also a negative. I think that, you know, because by the time I got to high school, my vision of what high school was supposed to be, which was like Saved by the Bell, it really wasn't that. So, um that was really interesting. But outside of that, I think just in, in terms of my development and growth, my spirit has always really been young. I've always been a builder. Um, I wanted to first be an architect. I can remember, you know, buying uh, in the grocery store, they would have these home magazines that had blueprints in them. And I would get those and go home and create my own blueprints. By the time I got to high school, uh, I pretty much said in my mind that I was going to be a uh, an architect. Uh, and then I got involved in computer drafting and design, which took me in a different direction, more uh, geared towards creating parts or uh, tooling for vehicles. Uh, but even then, I started working at Ford Motor Company when I was maybe 16 in the world headquarters under Gerald Ducharme, which was the uh, then president or he's the lawyer who who basically facilitated the Jaguar and Ford uh, merger. So, you know, working in his office and and just seeing how things work there and I don't know. I think it's just I just always challenge myself. I definitely was a I definitely think I was probably a black sheep in my family. I, I didn't think like everyone else. I always wanted to travel. I knew that I would never, you know, uh stay where I was. When I was younger, I wanted to be in Europe. I wanted to see and live and explore, you know, that lifestyle just to just to know. Um, I I built my career on dreams, you know. I think that uh, it was really sad to me one time when I was talking to a sibling, and you know, they're younger, and and I said, "Well, what do you dream about?" And the reply was, "I don't dream because that's not my reality." And that was so sad for me because everything I did was based on a based on a dream and just knowing that my dream could come true. I believed in myself when no one believed in me, and and even in the in the roughest times of that, uh, I believed in myself. You know, you you have to. You can't depend on anyone else to. No one can want your dream more than you. And I think that that is something that we all need to uh, to embrace and and take home with us because a lot of you are out here and you're saying, Oh, well I'm, I'm doing this and I'm, and I'm trying, you're not trying hard enough. You're not trying hard enough because you're not there. And I don't want to say that everyone, you're, everyone's going to get there, but you're going to get a little bit closer. You have to keep pushing yourself. You can't expect your mother to do it. You can't expect me to do it for you. You can't expect Twitter to do it for you or anyone else. To, to want your dream more than you. There's no one in my organization that wants better for me more than me. 
because no one benefits more than me. Than me. And no one loses <laughs> more. Say that again. I said, and no one loses more than you. And no one loses more than me than me. And that and that's the winning <laughs> closure to that statement because because if I stop working, then it all just stops. Right. So mm. you you have to drive your train. Is our caller still there? Yes, I was letting you finish. I love it. I'm taking it all in. You are so inspiring. Thank you for answering that, and thank you for expounding more on some of the cerebral processes. I love to hear that. It's so great to hear that, and it's great to hear some Detroit history in there. Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) Do you have any more questions, Jen? No, I'm good. That was great. I'm he's I, I'm high. I'm going to go tweet some more. <laughs> oh, right okay. on. Thank you. I appreciate you. Great show, guys. See you later. Take care. Okay, thank you, Jennifer. We had a caller on from the nine one seven area code a little area a little earlier, but we lost them. So if they want to call back and get their question in, we can do that. Oh, um, perfect. Oh, here we go. Okay, as soon as I said it. Okay, we bring them in. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, it's Brandilyn. Brandilyn Fulton from Detroit, Michigan. I live in New York Hi. now. Hi, Brandilyn. How are you? I'm pretty good. Hi, AJ. How's it going? I'm great. How are you, Brandilyn? I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Um, I know that you guys said that you know you lost me, but I I end up being able to get back on. So um, oh, I'm very happy to to. I catch the I catch the show weeks after because I'm always working, but thankfully I have an evening off to myself, and I was I'm just really happy to hear you talk and everything. I actually did have a question, um, and I wasn't sure if it was just when I was on the bus I just didn't hear it correctly. But did you get the agent first, or did you have a publicist first? I I think I missed that transition. Uh, I had an agent first. Actually, okay. I, for about a for about a year when I maybe two years when I touched down in in L.A., uh, I was doing a lot of it on my own, just finding things on the internet and uh, connecting with people. Uh, and and actually, I had Fergie as a client before I had my agent. So um, Fergie was like my first major label client that I had had, and I had been traveling. It was at a time when, you know, she and I were splitting airfare, you know, for me to to go places with her, and for me that was. One, for her to believe so much in me to want to do that. And then, you know, for myself, it was it was an investment that I needed to make because I, cause I, didn't, need, I didn't need to open up the door for any – I didn't want anyone else to touch her face with me. You know what I mean? And that was just – and I needed to seal my deal and make sure that I was everywhere where she needed to be uh, to make that happen, you know. So uh, – so then, I, then awesome. after that, I got my I got my agent, you know, and it was it was maybe about just as that project was getting started, you know. So okay, okay. Because I know yeah, I wasn't before sure she, before which, she came which one came first. Okay, yeah. awesome. And then I got awesome. the publicist. So the publicist came after it was it, you know it was really just me wanting because it was Vibe magazine actually. I want to say it was Vibe magazine, and I was with Faith Evans. I've been working with Faith Evans for a while, and uh, and the people at Vibe didn't really know who I was because I was L.A. based, even though uh, 
I was the artist request, they were like, well, we have our team. We want to do something new, you know, and you can't expect your client to not do a cover of a magazine because you can't be a part of it. Uh, but I knew that I didn't not want to be a part. I didn't, I couldn't be excluded from an opportunity like that again. Uh, and that's when I just started connecting dots and meeting people in New York. And, and that's how I met, I met Troy. And we basically, you know, came together uh, to devise a, a plan to just build that brand, you know, and, 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 and what's so funny is that, you know, publicity is not cheap, folks. You know, it's not. No, it's um, not. It's not I, I, that you, that's what I was wondering. I'm say? like, wait a minute, which one came before? Because I think it's, I, I mean, you don't hear very often, um, at least I don't know very often, people having both, an agent and an active publicist, um, unless they're really, unless, unless they're, and I just wasn't sure which one it came first when you were talking about just how you know, how everything came together. So thank you. But it wasn't even that I was making a ton of money either, you know, and that's what I think that uh, you have to understand as well. Like my entire career, my entire life has been an investment in myself. So Mm -hmm. if I break even a year, you know, then that was a great year. You know, it didn't matter how much, you know, yeah, like there are certain things, obviously you want to be able to buy nice things. And there's been, you know, there's times, you know, when you want to go and I've spent, three thousand dollars in a in a shopping trip just because i was like oh look i just felt like that you know but so i've made a lot of money and i've wasted a lot of money but but i've i've invested more money in myself than anything and sometimes you're you may just be getting by but you need to pay that publicity bill because that's what's going to get you noticed even more so that you know the fact that a magazine is writing about me or you know they want to speak to me and talk to me and you know, and then in turn that that translates to people like you who now I'm reaching more and, and my brand is growing you that's I couldn't pay Troy enough for the for the job that he's done for me. Period. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's what that's I mean, being that I, I met Troy um years before I even moved to New York and then seeing, you know, hearing you talk about this, um and just knowing, you know, just seeing firsthand how you guys have built this this empire together it's just really nice and i'm just very happy that you know i just wish you the best and everything and i'm just very happy that i got a chance to talk with you on um on illusions cosmetic beauty talk so thank you awesome absolutely thank you i'm really happy for your question i'm glad thank you're there you for your question <laughs> <laughs> any more uh chat room questions and comments before i move on uh, uh, no more. I don't see any more as of now. Okay. Okay. So, AJ, I wanted What's to next? get into some things that that's how we how I decided to um, get this show going. And one of the things that you asked on Facebook was, "What do you do when you think you've done all you can?" So, I want to I want to talk about I want to start that conversation rolling. Well, I, that's and that's a, it's a really great question. It's a very powerful question, and um, I think that we all need to ask ourselves that question every day. You know, I, um, you know, what what can you do when you've done all you think you can? I think that we often find ourselves, and I I find myself in that place, you know, sometimes where, you know, I feel like I've I've gotten the publicist and I've 
you know, sent my comp, car, comp cards out. I have a website. I have an agent. I have all these things, you know, but maybe, you know, my career is not necessarily where I want it to, to be. It's a great career to have, and um, and I'm sure that there's a ton of people that would uh, want it, but is it is it where I stop? Have I done all I can do? You know, maybe uh, maybe I haven't. You know, and I and I, I think oftentimes we we don't. You know, we don't do all we can. I definitely think that there's there there came a time in just my own career where I was a little jaded by uh, just jaded by what I thought or what my expectations were or, or you know the things that I had become accustomed to. Uh, I remember being in Brazil. I want to say it was, and I was with. Hillary Duff, and uh, and it was just the start of the tour, and I was walking backstage, and I was thinking, oh, like why, why did I do this tour? Like I just want to go home, and it was nothing wrong with the tour. I just felt like, oh, like I don't, why am I traveling? I, I really want to just be at home, uh, back in New York at the time, and you know, like I could be doing something else. And then I thought about it as I walked up the ramp to the back of her stage. And looked out, and there was a, a stadium full of glow sticks from left to right, all the way around. And I snapped out of it. I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, what the f are you talking about? Like, this? There was a time that you would have done this job for free. You would have loved and lived, and you would have done anything you could do to, to be here. And now you're here, and and you're complaining, or you're just you're not speaking." and being grateful for the opportunity that you have and thinking about all the other people that would love to be here too, but you're, you were chosen to be here. So, you know, it's, it's getting past that moment as well. You know, like that was ridiculous for me to think that, but we get, sometimes you get there. Sometimes you, you, you get blessed with so much that you forget the road that it took to get there. And Mm -hmm. so when you say, so when I asked that question, have you done all you can do, you know, to, uh, you know, have you have you really done all that you can do when you feel like you've done enough? The answer, you know, the answer really is no. You know, we have to continuously keep grinding every day to be better. You know, because I'm not Pat McGrath. I'm no Pat McGrath. I'm not even. I'm not in that category with her. You know, I'm not recognized in that category with her. So that lets me know that I still have work to do. You know, um, Charlotte Tilbury. You know, like all of those artists. They they're huge in editorial, but I haven't even grazed the editorial world in that fashion to to be considered one of one of the greats or to be considered amongst one of them. I've worked on I've worked on Pat's team before, you know, but the, what is that? You know, that's just me enriching myself and that's me contributing, you know, to that. So depending on what your goals are and depending on where it is that you see your career going, whether it's beauty, whether it's whether it's hair, makeup, wardrobe, whether it's, you know, you working in some other capacity of the industry, you always have to challenge yourself. You know, I, when I hire assistants, I don't hire assistants because I want you to be my assistant for 10 years. I hire, I actually tend to hire people that, that are overqualified to be assistants, but those are the kind of people that I want around me. I want people that are striving to be the best and that are going to work hard and I don't have to micromanage every 10 minutes. Like I, it, mm-hmm. it, nothing pains me more than to have to walk you through a task because I might as well have just done the task myself. Right. You know, right. So, 
you know, you have to. I was reading something uh, that Crystal Wright wrote just a few days ago, or I don't know when she wrote it, but I know she had retweeted it, and it was, uh, and it said, you know, in September. Now that September has come, and 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 those of you who have been in the industry, you it, you know that around November, December, the our industry just shuts down. So she spoke to that, and how in September you have to start sowing your seeds for November, and that was a great, that just really clicked and put things back into perspective for me seeing that because it's very true. Like in September, you have to start grinding a little harder. You have to put in, you know, a few more hours, you know, at at the computer. You have to get on the phone a little bit longer. You have to send a few more emails out because work is going to be over just after Thanksgiving, really. You know, a lot of projects end at just after once Thanksgiving hits, it's kind of a wrap. Like for years, I've never worked in December. December has always been just a very dry month, maybe one or two things, but that's usually the month that I use to organize my office and organize, you know, myself for the new year. So, you know, those of you who, but I think you have to adapt that model to every day of your life. Like I get up at 6:30 every day. You know, and mm-hmm. I and I normally I typically go to bed, you know, at about 12 or 12:30, sometimes 1 a.m. So Well, you know, know, just to make a just to make a little comment um to the the question that that I asked. Um I I also saw somebody um in the chat room say AJ checked himself and like you and I spoke about earlier, AJ, um, you you do have to check yourself from time to time. And we talked about how we often get comfortable. Um, yeah. You know, you, you you get comfortable. You're working consistently. Uh, people are calling you to come work. Uh, you don't have to show your book. You don't have to submit a resume. You don't have to interview. You know, people just hire you because they know you or whatever the situation may be. And then when all of that stops, you're sitting around looking, wondering, you know, what am I going to do and how am I going to do it, you know. And, yeah. and so we have to have these times where we check ourselves. We have to have these times where we ask ourselves that question, you know, what do we do when we get to this, you know, this point where we felt like we've done all, you know, all that we can and, you know, how are we going to reinvent ourselves? We have to yeah. constantly you know, be trying to learn ways of how to reinvent ourselves. We have to constantly try to learn something new and be open to learning something new. And I don't really care what level, you know, you're at, you know, where you are, how long you've been doing makeup, you know, how many people know your name, whether you have an agent or not, whether you have a publicist or not, whether, you know, you're getting paid a lot or not. We all have to check ourselves. We all have to reinvent ourselves. We all have to ask ourselves that question from time to time. People always say, I mean, they say it all the time in the industry, that uh, that you're only as good as your last performance. So right. you always have to ask yourself, what did you work on last? And I'll tell you just from from experience. I mean, if you followed my career, you know that I've, uh, I've like I worked, I started with Fergie, went into Keisha Cole, uh, worked with, Christina Milian, then Latoya Luckett, Amory, uh, Estelle, now Carrie Hilson. There was a time that four of those girls were working 
consistently. They all had album projects out. Faith Evans, every these girls had album projects out. And this was a this was before the the economy changed. So my agent had me on a plane. I would be in New York on a Monday night, get on a six thirty flight, red eye, to be in New York by nine o'clock that night, to be ready for one of the other girls that next morning in LA. Finish that job with them in LA, leave to be on a twelve o'clock Delta flight back to New York to be back at work with another artist on that Wednesday. So, and then and just back and forth. Like I went back and forth between LA and New York. Like I was going from Brooklyn to Manhattan. <laughs> and but then the kicker is that there was a that, but there was also a time that all of those girls. Those, they didn't put records out for at the same, it felt like the same year. It felt like the same year or two years even that no one had a record out. And Rihanna was popping at that point, but she had Myla. She had Myla Morales. So she doesn't need me. I worked with her once or twice, you know, but her team was sad, you know, and I don't even think, and B, she has always, she's longstanding, had her team. So that was a team. I was never, I never even anticipated on being on that team, and then I can't even remember who else was out. But now think about where we are today and and the girls that are out now. So you still pretty much have the same players as Nicki Minaj, but she has an amazing artist that, you know, that she loves. So she's not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, she has her team, so she's not going any anywhere. Uh, Rihanna, again, B, again. So what other girls are out? Lady Gaga, you're not really, she has a team. So, and in this industry, in music, because that's pretty much where a lot of my revenue had come from, there's no girls. There's no girls coming out. And if the girls are coming out, they're only coming out with maybe one single. And they're not even getting to albums. You know, so what does that say? Where are you going to go as an artist? Right, right. You know? What are you going to do? And that's where the the question comes in, you know, more to play. Like, are you doing all that you can do when you think you've done enough? Because what are you going to do now that there's only five girls out and they all have artists? And like I said on Twitter a few days ago, they have their first, their second, and their third. So those are options. And you haven't even, you don't come anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. So you have to think, you have to be inventive. You have to think of new areas, you know, to, to make money and to, to, to explore your creativity, you know? So maybe it's not in music, maybe because music is dying and, you know, celebrity, you know, that is just, it's a hard nut to crack, you know, and everybody's not going to be able to be a part of it. You know, fashion is another, another one, you know, but fashion, from what I hear, I don't really know, I don't do a ton of it uh, from a makeup side of it. Uh, you know, that's that's a ton of editorial, but where are the magazines? There's not even a lot, even that many magazines in, anymore for you to get a name credit or for you to, to even want to do something for free or to even get the $150 that most magazines pay you to get, pay you to be a right. part of. And now that right. everything's gone online, are they, really, are they really paying people to do online editorial? No. So how are you going to make money doing this? That's the question. Like how? Mm-hmm. And the, and it's so oversaturated well, in wait, every I, aspect. I'm gonna wait till this is over so I can call Verizon back. 
What did you say? Call Verizon, right? <laughs> you said call Verizon. Yeah, I know, right? But you know, but I think, but I think for me, you know, that's why I spend a lot of time on my brand. I spend a lot of time with Kissable Couture. I have other things that I'm building, um, you know, and that are in the works because you have to, you just have to be willing. I remember when I was working with um, with Matthew, and he was telling me how uh, there was a time. I'm not gonna pinpoint the job, but he had made about $20,000 on one music video. And this mm-hmm. was back in the Hype Williams days, you know, so so I wasn't even thinking about, you know, makeup at that point. So I was kicking myself like, man, like I wish I had been a part of those times where you could make, where there was a million dollar video. Now music videos, at, you'd, you'd be doing great if you get on a music video that that where the entire budget is more than $50,000. Right. So the entire budget for the for that music video is fifty thousand dollars. You're not making any money. I had a call just a few weeks ago where someone asked me to come do a a music video for five hundred dollars. I knew you were going to say five hundred because that's the going rate. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and I, I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I, I was like, no. I was like, I can't show up for that. If I have someone that can, like, when, when, what, when. I can't even remember the last time that I had that I've been on a music video set and made that. And maybe that was because right. I always came with my artist. You know, I'm not really sure what the dynamic was, but you know, it's just it's definitely not the industry that it once was. Yeah, I mean the budgets were definitely more back then. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, my goodness. I had a friend I have up. a friend who just recently, she does. Um, she's a hairstylist, and she's a, she's very well known, and uh, has a huge clientele. And for one of the award shows recently, a client called, and they offered about the same rate, maybe six hundred dollars, six hundred dollars to someone who has shaped shaped the image of very notable people, and that this client counts on consistently to to uh create their look and it's just you know but it, but either you take the $500 and get the look because it's because at that point it's really just more about the look of the red carpet you know so that you can go get some of the other things that are um that are going to uh uh finance your life you know because you, you, it's a give and take. Right. You know, you need right. you need those red carpet moments. You need those editorial moments to to be able to show that you can actually do great job, do great work, and do a great job, and be considered for advertising or be considered for you know some of the other well paying jobs. You know, it's just it's a it's a non ending cycle of renewal. Yeah. I agree. This industry has pre- pressed a reset button on all of us. Yes, so, oh, absolutely. You know, In all areas, all areas. Yeah, you know, and it's not just the creative sides. You know, it's the people that are putting it together as well. If you're not creating the show or or you have some ownership in what's being done, like you're definitely not making, you're not getting rich off of it. Right. Right. Do we have any more callers? I love their questions. <laughs> right, oh, I don't call, call in JK. I'm putting it out there. Since you've done a lot of commenting in the chat room, so get on the phone. 
Really, um, what did they say? We have, a, we have a lot of, let's see, maybe my sister can read some of them because it's, uh, it's moving kind of fast. Um, Send questions on Twitter, too, at AJ Crimson, because I'm, yeah. I'm looking at it so I can see certain things. Oh, okay. Well, here's J.K. Hunter. I'm going to bring her on. Hi, J.K. Hi, ladies. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you have you going all on up? in your background? Nothing. That was me clapping and laughing okay. at you all. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Nothing. Okay. It's quiet in here. It's, it's very quiet. I made it to the house. So, um, okay. hi, AJ. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful. You all are funny. Yes, I was already on the phone. I just hit one when I heard you say that. Oh, no. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, when you said something about people working um, for lower rates, yeah, um, I've I've mentioned that many times how people work lower, and I have, like, I'm I live in Nashville. The ladies know okay. that I've worked with them, and um, I'm like the main person in here and in Tennessee, and um, I have competition that does that. They like to underbid me, but what? Oh. I've noticed with people doing that is they end up losing their houses, yeah, and losing their cars, and and just you know kind of expound so people can hear a little bit more about that. As you as you tend to undercut people, what it does to you and what happens with the market because it really Absolutely. does with the market. Yeah, yeah, I think we talked. Well, I think it's just so many people, and there's so many young people, uh, and and when I say young, I just mean young in the industry. Uh, and you're so eager to do this person or to do this job that you don't realize how you're devaluing what has been built. You know, like I can only imagine, like, like with my agents, how, you know, they – I can remember when my agent built, took my rate from $500 to $2,500 over – you know, a span of a few over a span of a few years. You know, when I was working on my own, like some things, I was making five hundred bucks on my own, maybe a thousand. And then she took me to the top. She took me to the top job financially. And then you have someone that comes along, you know, and and I didn't get there because I wasn't good. I got there because I was good. I got there because I was great at what I did and what I offered to my clients. So when you have, you know, someone that's coming in the game or coming into the, entering into the industry and you're so eager to to just get that job and you take $200 as opposed to the $1000 that they actually had budgeted for but because you didn't you didn't know or you didn't trust yourself enough to to maybe ask for more or want more or be more then you just got you just set a new standard for how that job is going to be positioned now. So it's like, wow, like we saved, you know, $800 by paying him 200. So we'll just only budget $200 the next time for someone to do that. You know, you just, I don't know. You, I, when you under, when you undercut and you underbid, especially in, in a lot of the smaller markets, you know, when you undercut and underbid, you you really disservice the entire community of that industry there. You water it down. Hello. You really do. You you really do. Yes, um, you really I do. Yes. I had put it on mute trying to stop that feedback, but that's French. 
Sorry, you all. Um, <laughs> I, you really do undercut the market. And I know EMI is here in Nashville, and they've been doing that a lot. Once one or two people kind of um, came up and sprung up after me, they um, started doing that. Basically, they, they're taking record covers, CD covers, $200 and lower. Because wow. of people started doing Hello. I can't keep my house like that. So, you know, it's just they just don't realize how much they screwed up the, up the market. They think that they're getting jobs and getting jobs from me. But, no, what you're doing is becoming homeless. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just like how many jobs do you have to do in order to, to make up what you were making before, you know? Right. Like, imagine, you know, I think – yeah, just imagine. I mean, imagine like an artist that's you know accustomed, like let's say even say fifteen hundred dollars. If you did one or two jobs, you know, at fifteen hundred dollars a week, realistically, like that. Well, depending on where you are, like you could, you can. You're living a great life, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, you go to McDonald's, and you make about what twenty four thousand, thirty thousand dollars a year. So, <clears throat> you know, what's what's thirty thousand dollars a year? Right. I see you know? somebody said, since since when did makeup artists become as famous as the clients? Technicolor said. You say what? Well, yeah. When did I, when did artists become as famous as the client? Yes, yeah. somebody said that in the, in the chat room. And oh well, you know what? I think that. that well, that's 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 kind of a good thing and a bad thing. I think that when um, depending on the artist that you work with. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that can kind of shoot you in the foot. You know, I think also too the the more I guess quote unquote famous that you get, you know, sometimes that scares a lot of clients because or a lot of clients mm-hmm. that don't really have, you know, the money to that they think that it would take to afford you. Um, I know that happened to me. You know where. Uh, like because of the state of the music industry and the state of the record companies, you know, I would always get, like, oh, Asia, like you're really expensive. And I was like, am I really expensive? Like, well, you know, just, you know, actually, like I really want to work with that person. So if you just ask me, you know, I'm sure we can work it out. You know, I know, I know that I know well enough and have been around long enough to know that every artist isn't going to come with the same budget. You know, right. so I may not be as expensive as you think, but because my because of the perception of <clears throat> of the world around me mm-hmm. lends right. to that, then you know, then that is that downfall. But I wouldn't change that, you know, I wouldn't change any of that because because I do feel like my work is worth that, you know, and I think that I've done more for my I've done a lot for my career to to be that person. You know, right. invested a lot. So, you know, so maybe so maybe what it is is that I mean, maybe I am too expensive for this, but I'm just right on target for something else. And it's just about finding what or tuning in or tapping into what that something else is. You know, you may be, you know, you may have gotten to a place where, you know, you started out and you were charging 250 you know, for, uh, you know, like a a quick makeup job, you know, but then you priced yourself out of your market, you know, when you, when you went to 500 that might be just for that market. Maybe it's time for you to try a new market. Maybe it's time for you to go, you know, somewhere else. You have to keep growing, and you have to keep growing. You can't, you can't let, you can't limit yourself to, uh, to the fish tank that people want you to grow into. You know, like it, it, as, as big as the tank is, is only as big as the fish will grow. So, yeah. you know, 
you just have to find the moment that's right for you, I guess, you know. Absolutely. And, again, Absolutely. it just goes back to reinventing yourself, making yourself uh, not expendable. I think there's so many artists that are just doing the same thing, and that's why it's easy for for producers or decision makers to just take their pick, you know, because everyone's doing the same work. No one's being different. No one's putting another twist on it. There, everyone's. No one's taking the extra step to make themselves stand out above the rest. I mean, right. that, that's partly it. That's a big portion of it. Absolutely. You know, when you get out, when that. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. One of the other topics that you mentioned on Facebook, um, you said, how is a successful artist made? Um, And that's something we. Is that a question for me or? Well, it's 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 a question for everyone listening. Tell us what you tell us what you think. Maybe you can go ahead and answer. But um, for some of the ones who are listening by phone, um, you want to kind of chime in on that, or some of the ones in the chat room. What are your responses to that question? Yeah, how is it? Uh, Yeah, I I would really be interested to know. You know how others think that successful artists are made. I mean, I've I've said it. You know, earlier in the conversation that you know you you really have to. you know, it's about going above and beyond, going above and beyond right. for yourself, going above and beyond for your client, um, you know, being realistic. I really want to go back to, um, I just really, I really want to touch base again on just the whole assisting moment and, and interns okay. because I, I don't, I don't, I always have this conversation with one of my clients actually because we both uh, had our fair share of assistants and interns and I've had some really great ones, but I've had some really horrible ones. And it's just because uh the the you don't realize that the world of AJ Crimson is not just it doesn't just exist on sex. So and I don't want to make this just about me, but I think other artists that are or anytime you're in a position where you're hiring uh support it's important for the support to understand that you're there to support. You're there to 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 do more, to do extra. You're there to be inquisitive, and you're there to to come to the table with ideas. You're there to you know, and, and depending on who you work with, I know here at my organization, we I want ideas. I want I don't want to be the only guy thinking about things. You know, now there yes, there are some areas in which I have. I have. I know what it is that I want. I know how I want to execute it, and I really don't want your input. I just really want you to execute. But there. But when the floor opens up for you to offer your input, don't stand there with your mouth open. And and another thing, don't tell me how your bills have to get paid because I don't really care. I don't care how your bills have to get paid because you don't care how mine have to get paid. But I, what I do care about is, are you getting here on time? Are you putting in 110% for the time that you are here? I don't care if you're here for an hour. I have one intern now, and I absolutely love her to death. She's she's absolutely changed my life and the way my business operates. Mm-hmm. Single-handedly, she, you know, and, and knowing that it's an internship. So that is That kind of a person makes you want to go find the dollars to pay her. Because right. Right. I want to take her from her regular job 
because she goes to work at her regular job, you know, from early in the morning till about maybe six o'clock at night, and she's willing to come work in my office from seven to eleven at night, maybe later, depending on you know, depending on the flow of work. That's the kind of person that I want to work with. Those are the kind of people that I want. Like you, I want the people. I want. I want me. I want me in my office. Period. Like I just and, and and there's so many of you that just don't think like that. There's so many of you who just you know you oh I just want to be on set. You know well no that's not that's not the business of running a business. It's more than just being on set because there's invoices that have to go out. That's why so many of you are missing so much money because your invoices don't go out on time. And then when they do, then you, then you, you, I don't know. It's just like this weird preconceived notion of, of what this life is supposed to be. And I think you just don't get it until you get here. But then when you get someone, you know, like me speaking in this voice, you know, to you, you feel offended, you know, and you feel as if you need your, you, you need me to call you or walk you through this moment. And it's like, no, I don't have time for that. No one has time for that. Right. Just buck up. Only the strong survive. <laughs> amen, amen. It's true. Like I, I have, oh, I had an intern more recently, and you know, and I swear for the life of me, I would just look over at the computer and just wonder, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you over there doing? Like, hey, I need you to research uh, some of these decision makers. They're, like, I'm, I'm looking to send out a mailer to this group of individuals, but we need to find it. So what she did was she went to Google and Googled L.A. production companies or whatever it was that I was looking for and uh, and pulled up this list and forwarded me the link. I could have done that on my own. I don't mm-hmm. want you to just send me the link. I want you to find the, I want you to get the link. I want you to find the people that are relevant to the conversation at hand, get on the phone, Call them, find out who I need to send this package to, because really you need to send the package out. You're going to send right? it. So you need to know who you're sending it to. And when I say we, I don't really mean me, we as in you and me. I mean we as in you. That's right. You know, and, it's, and she just didn't get it, and she also didn't last very long. You know, we have to, uh, but then she's also frustrated in her own career. But what you fail to realize is that, yes, you're doing things for, yes, you're doing things for me and you're helping my career along, but you're also helping your career along because if you were smart, you'd be realizing that, wow, you know what, finding some of this information isn't as hard as I thought it was. And I can right. apply some of these same principles that I'm learning here to my own career and get that much further to being the artist that I want to get to. Hmm. But you don't walk in the door thinking that. And when you're there, you're not thinking that. You're just thinking that. You're thinking about the immediate. You're always going to have a bill to pay. You're always, nine times out of ten, going to have a creditor that you owe something to because you have a car note, because you have a mortgage, because you have rent that needs to be paid, because you have a cell phone bill. There's always going to be someone knocking at your door for a check. But if you're not, uh, but if you don't know how to get to the money, then you're you're just always going to be on this rat race. And if you're not willing to, to lose a little money, to make a little bit more, then you're you're definitely going to be that. Like it's always interesting to me how when when I do classes or seminars and people ask or they say to me, AJ, like I, I work this job and I, I really hate it and I really want to be a makeup artist, then quit. 
If you don't like working at the makeup counter, quit. You know why? Because you're going to get fired anyway because it's going to show through your work performance that you don't want to be there. So why are you dragging it out? Quit. Go do it as you want to do. Yeah. We have another question from the chat room, AJ. Awesome. I'm sorry. If I'm talking too long on some of these comments, cut me off. No, not at all. Oh, no, no, no. No. It's it's from J.K. Hunter, and she's wondering, um, did you ever work with yelling, crazy Yelling, crazy acting, makeup artist, and how was that experience? Uh, no, I never really had that. I think you attract who you are, you know. So uh, and I think that who you are speaks before you actually speak. You know, the way you walk in the door and the way you present yourself is going to tell the story of how you need to be treated. And, um and and, the, and you know, and I know there are some crazy. I mean, I know there's a stylist out there. There's a couple of stylist friends of mine that you know I've seen them on set before, and you know they can be pretty, uh, you know, loud. But at the same time, I guess it depends on what your interpretation of crazy is. You know, like I was. I, I don't know if anyone, if you ever watched this uh, show on the Style Network, uh, it was Kamora Lee Simmons show, and it was my favorite episode uh, when. Uh, the one, this one guy was working for her, and he, you know, broke down into tears in her hallway, and uh, basically yeah. he was like, I, "I'm just gonna quit. I'm gonna quit." And she said, well, "You know, if you want to quit, then go, go be a quitter, because right. the the bottom line is is that you're responsible for this area, and this person is responsible to you, and you're responsible to me. So when I ask you about a certain point, I expect the answer from you, and 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 if you didn't get the right answers from the person that reports to you, that's not my deal. So, but if you feel like you want to be a quitter, then go. Go off and be a quitter. Stop crying, folks. Like, stop crying. Get up and just do your job. Take some accountability for your actions. Take some accountability for what's happening. I don't know the person that you, that you may have worked for. and I've never worked with anybody that I thought was crazy. I've had clients that – you know, people have perceived them to be bitches, but at the same time, I never saw them that, that way. I just think that they, they know exactly what it is they want, and you think that they're being a bitch because they're not giving in to what you're prescribing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hell, like, people think I'm tough to deal with, like, I, I, but I know that I'm difficult. I will not lie and say that I'm not difficult, but I'm not difficult in the sense that I – uh, I'm malicious with it. I'm difficult in the sense that I want more. I want want more for myself, and I want you to want more for you. So, just naturally, I get riled up when I when I feel like you're not working as hard because I don't need you here. No one needs you here. No one needs you anywhere. No one has to. No one owes you anything out here. No one owes me anything. The fact that all of these people are tweeting and talking and, and enjoying this conversation and that are calling in, I don't, you don't, these people don't owe me that. Right. And I don't owe them this conversation, but I want to give them this conversation because, because no one's offering that, you know, and I want right. your questions and I want your feedback because you want to offer that to me and I want to do better and be better and, and work harder and I need to know what the what my peers are thinking in order to be that person 
and you coming into an organization, any organization, you got to put your best foot forward. And if you don't want right. to do that, then you shouldn't be there, period. Right. Let me just make a quick announcement. For those of you who are in the chat room, the show was scheduled for one and a half hours. So um, we've exceeded that time. The show is still recording. We're still speaking with AJ. But if you want it, well, I guess you can't hear me, <laughs> but you need to um, call in and listen to the show over the phone at this point. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, um, are we putting that out on Twitter too? We need to um we need to put that out on Twitter. Yeah, I need to get that on Twitter as well. Um hold on a second. Here. This is a great call. Yeah. I'm excited yeah, about it, it. It really is. And um also for those who are listening by phone, we we'll be ending the call soon, but again I spoke about it earlier. We will have him back on because there were some some more things um, from Facebook that we want to talk about. And it still goes along with what we're talking about right now, but I just think we could really go into it a little bit more and just kind of also give the listeners, um, I guess, an idea or maybe just based on what you've experienced, based on what I've experienced, and even the listeners can share some of their experiences as to how they, um, you know, you've come to a conclusion is how to deal with these, these questions. Like, what do you do, you know, when you get to a point where you felt like you've done all you can? We want to kind of share some of our experiences and, and just talk a little bit about that more. So we're going to schedule that for um, another time. But um, also to the listeners, move over to Facebook um, to um, – we kind of we kind of after the show goes off, we kind of move over to Facebook and chat just a little bit more. So some people are probably moving over there now if they if they can't get on the phone line. Oh, but, perfect. Um, okay. Yeah, but we, but we still have a couple. But we still have several people on the phone line. So I just wanted to kind of um, just finish. Can we up. take those calls? Um, hmm. Can we take those calls? Yeah, we can take. We have people listening. Uh, let's see. If oh, okay, perfect. Okay. Hands up to one of these. Um, Jennifer James and Brandilyn, did you guys have anything um, else you wanted to say or add to the conversation? Let's see this no. Oh, that's Jennifer. <laughs> no. I'm just taking it all in. I mean, a lot of the stuff that he's saying is stuff that I know and stuff that I need to hear again because it really mm-hmm. reinforces the strengths of what the core of our industry is really all about. And I'm just really glad to hear him touch on those things so strongly. And that Absolutely. being that voice that has a certain degree of success that a lot of young artists look to, you know, they look to a resume like A.J. Crimson's. And just to hear him espouse those old school, so to speak, principles of hard work, pounding the pavement, taking care of your business, just thank you, thank you, sir. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that I could even be that voice. You know, I think it's, I think of nothing else. You know, I, I want to be that voice. You know, like I think, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it's been a great ride. It's been a great road, and it's been an up and down, you know, road. I think, uh, you can't look at it. You know, you, you just never know it until you're really in it. And you're and you're doing it, and when you're looking at like I can remember uh, I can remember a Christmas, you know, early on, and I was thinking, wow, like I wouldn't none of my checks came through, you know, 
none of my checks came through and I didn't really save the money I needed to save to prepare for that November and that December. And that December was a very sad December and it, it, and it was a very slow January and, uh, and it was, it was not so bright then either, you know? So it's just, you know, things like that, like saving our money and, you know, and realizing that, that we have to be the CEOs of our of our business, you know, even when you have agents, because the agents are only there to do so much. They're there to they're there to, to, to guide you so much. You know, they're there trying to make they're busy trying to make more money. And they're real busy trying to get you the best, you know, ways possible so that when you are out, you know, and you're networking and you're meeting people and you call your agent and say, Hey, uh, you know, so and so you know, I'd like to work with this artist. I just kind of met with them. Can we do it? You know, yeah, you give it to your agent. Yeah, you call. Like, why Why are you, you know, don't worry about the 20%. Because I, I think I wrote a quote somewhere earlier today. 20% of something is, you know, better than no percent of, 100% of nothing, you know. And, you know, what is that? You know, it's just a smaller price to pay, you know, I think, for for good quality things and tools that are going to help you be better uh, in every aspect of your career, you know, and it starts with us. Um, AJ, hi, it's Brandon again. I have one more question for you. Yeah. Um, my question would be, when did you feel that, um, I guess, you know, on this ride, on this journey that you're on, when did, when did you feel that there was some, there was like a turning point in going where you wanted to go. I mean, of course, we all do a lot of things, not to say that we don't necessarily want to do, but you kind of take on your the opportunities that you're given because you do want to move to the next step and you want to stay relevant and things of that nature. But at one point, I, I don't know if I'm just imagining this, for me, even for myself, but um, I just feel that I'm just wondering, if, was there a time when you are like, in your, you know, doing what you're doing, and you felt like this is exactly what I had in mind uh, X amount of years ago. Has that happened? Um, I think when I was when I was traveling back and forth uh, from LA and New York every day, I was thought to myself, "Wow, this is crazy." I was like, "But this is exactly what I thought it was. This is what I wanted." When I'm going back and forth between here and London, like, I was thinking, wow, this is great. Like, uh, this is exactly what I wanted. I remember the first time uh, that I, when my money started turning over, like, my, uh, my, I was so fortunate that um, when I went to, I I went to Paris, or I went to to, uh, London, actually, for the first time to stay for about a month, and I didn't like it after two weeks, so I went and I stayed with a friend in Vienna, and I ended up working there on a couple of things and I got this job in Paris and I worked in I worked on Fashion Week and and all these other things. And so when I came back, uh Pat had asked me to come to Italy for Fashion Week there. But I had started uh working, like I was working I was doing some stuff with three O W at the time. And I was like, Well, you know, like I I can't really go because uh you know, the investment I would have to pay to go and be there, and I had just kind of gotten back, so it didn't really make sense, and I was going into making money. So anyhow, I was on tour with Christina Milian, and, you know, I had, I was still paying some things back because, uh, you know, I had money lent out 
to me to get portfolios and some of that stuff. So I was still kind of in the negative, but it was the Christina Milian tour, maybe after the first or after the second week when I needed a phone. My agent kept saying, you have to get a, a phone. You need to get, like, another phone because I only had – I didn't have a – she was pressuring me to get a sidekick or a BlackBerry. So – I was like, okay, I'll get a sidekick. And at the, the day that I was, we were on the road in like some crazy, you know, midwestern city. And I went into the mall. We were all shopping, and I bought this this sidekick. That was the day that I knew that my life had changed for the better because I could afford the two or three hundred dollars that the sidekick cost. My rent had been paid in LA, even though I wasn't there, and. I still had money left over. I try to keep my expenses super low. So, you know, I had money left over and it was, and, and, and my debt was up. You know, I had paid my debt up. That was a turning point. <laughs> the next turning point was when I bought a real bed. <laughs> so, well, thank you, because I, I always feel like I'm like, there's going to be a point where things are turning, and I'm I'm looking forward to that point, too. So I'm yeah, coming back to Yeah, it's little stuff. I think it's little stuff. You know, I think every little thing is a turning point. You know, even when, when you get too busy for certain types of jobs, it's not even that you don't want to do them. It's just like, oh, you know what, I really want to do that job, but I'm so I'm busy. Like, I'm actually booked. <laughs> I'm booked more days than not, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know everybody wants to book you on the same day. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, just work like that. AJ, we truly, truly, truly appreciate you coming on tonight. We really do. Um, I I don't even know what to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, mean? I, I was trying to. I was trying to take it all in and do the interview all at the same time. And normally I have guests on and they'll say something and I'll try to just jot it down or whatever. Um, I, I couldn't even write. Um, I, I mean, I know we, you know, we spoke earlier, but yeah. I'm acting as if this is, I'm acting as if this was the first time, we, you know, we, I've heard you, you know, speak, but there were so many things that you said tonight that I think the listeners are going to take, from this show and and just really get to work. Um, nice. I think I think this was a show where, like you know how you ask yourself these questions and you check yourself. Well, I think this is, was a show where you kind of kind of check the listeners in, in so many ways. And I think we all can take something from this show and just kind of reevaluate where we are in our careers. That's um, great, and I I mean we're all students. You know, we're we're right. eternal students, and we have like I'm going to go back. I'm like I want to go back and listen to this show just so that I can hear some of the things that I, you know, spoke about. So the, to, 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 just to make sure that I'm on that same path too. You know, because we right we all fall off. You know, we all fall off. Like we all get thrown off track sometimes. But you know, the difference between getting thrown off and staying off course, and getting being thrown off and getting back on course. You know, that's right. that's the difference between those that are going to be successful, you know. Right. And you have to keep challenging yourself. Keep doing things differently. Keep uh, – what do I want to tell you? I just want to tell you to just keep keep dreaming, you know, dreaming, but we're working to make those dreams into realities. 
you know, that's that's where that synergy is going to really make the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just um, for those people who are out there listening, if you want to go back and hear the show, it takes about a good 10 minutes or so before the before Blog Talk Radio will post it out there. So give it about 10 minutes or so, and then you can go back and listen to it. Um, for those of you who really like the show, go out and mark it as a favorite. Leave us comments on Facebook and Twitter. And I know you guys have been commenting in the chat room the whole time. They they love you, AJ. Um, oh, <laughs> I wish I knew what they were saying. <laughs> they really well, you know, the next time you come on the show, you have to sign sign in uh, or sign. I don't know how they do it. You sign in the chat room. Okay. And you can follow you can follow along, but we're gonna definitely have you back because I wanna I wanna finish this conversation. I still think there's so many things we could talk about just on this topic alone. Um, again, just you know, again, just keep doing what you're doing. We're um, of course we're gonna be following you and you. Um, looking for more great stuff to come from you. And also, just um, have one more question, and we normally ask all of our um, guess this question, but this is totally different from all the things that we've been talking about, I guess, but what is beauty to you? Mm, beauty to me uh, is the inspiration that I get when I wake up every morning to just this really beautiful sun, like just this, this array of sunlight that just fills you know, my day. Like I don't, I, I, I always like to try to hold that bit of time for myself like I love you know the break of dawn because for me that lets me know that there's just another day to do something differently to another day to do something better than I did yesterday and um, it's another day for me to make a difference somewhere and so 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 beauty is the sunlight for me beauty is the break of dawn yeah love it you know, it seems like this show is not going to end. Looks like we have another caller, so I'm going to go ahead on and. Oh, nice! Right on. I'm, I'm game. <laughs> Hello, um, from four four three. Hello. Hi, this is, is Carly. Hey, Carly, Hi, Carly, how are you? I'm good. Um, I just want to say that I'm very inspired um, by everything that you were saying tonight. I know that you were talking a lot about just being in the industry, but I wanted to talk about like some of your products, because I had some of your foundation sticks before. So I wanted to know, are you still going in that direction, or are you just focusing on the principal couture with the lipsticks and glosses and all of that stuff? You know what? It's so interesting. Okay, so building a brand is not an easy task, and and it costs a lot of money to do it. And when, (laughs) you know, and I think fortunately, like Kissable Couture has been doing very well on its own for quite some time. So it's just, so I really wanted to, uh, to focus on, on building Kissable Couture. Um, When I, when I released the powders and the foundation sticks, it was really more of like a, it was like a beta project. It was like a test, I guess, to see, you know, if it was like how the formula was, how did people respond to it? Excuse me. Uh, if it was something I wanted to move forward with, I, I absolutely do want to continue to do it. I just think I need to 
I needed to come, I think I need to figure out a different way or a different approach to launch it because uh, for me it was, it's something that I want to make it affordable. With Kissable Couture, it's more of a luxury item. You know, for it is platformed as a luxury item, so it's a twenty-two dollar lip gloss, and even though that's about an average price or average cost of a lip gloss these days. I wanted to create something else. <clears throat> Sorry. That uh that I think may be a little less uh at a different price point. Just at a lower price point, but I don't want to sacrifice the quality of the product. So to answer the question just more straightly, uh the AJ Crimson brand is still building but it will moving forward it'll be known as beauty statements by AJ Crimson. So when you see things resurface, uh, it'll be as beauty as a beauty statements product as a beauty statements product, uh, and and the reason for the name change is because I think that uh, there's so many beautiful things in life, and there's so many statements to be uh, to be told and to be communicated that I wanted to mesh the two together and and, and really create something a little more inspirational, and you know and a and a product that you will feel good using at the same time. So so it's still it's still going to be out there. And the funny thing is, if you need something, you should definitely just email me because I have uh, more of that product that I just haven't released. I have I just kind of warehouse it. So I, if you need something, email me at, at crimsonite10 at gmail.com, and I can get it out to you. Okay, yeah, definitely, because I love those. And I was like, I don't know if he's still doing it or – yeah, I still have them. Actually, they actually kind of show up around the uh, the makeup show time. Like I oh. usually bring some of the stuff out. I just haven't. I just haven't put a full a full push behind it. To be honest, I don't really. I don't really have a real reason why I haven't done it. I just, you know, other than you know the changes that I want to make to it. But well, are you still using them um, in your personal kit? Or are you going more so? I do actually. I still title? use them in my personal kit. <laughs> okay. I think I'm just keeping it all to myself. Well, I will be emailing you soon because I would like to get some more. Perfect. Right on. All right, and that was it. That's right. Well, good time. I'm glad you asked that question. And just I guess just to piggyback that, um, Kissable Couture is doing a lot of really great things. Um, I'm gearing up to uh, – I'm working on some eyeshadows right now, which uh, I think for holiday we'll have those ready to go. Uh, I'm going to do them in – palettes because uh, I feel like people really love they love our smooches kits so uh, for holiday I think it'll be a, a great introduction and, and because again we're like a smaller brand and, and we like to try new things uh, it'll be a it'll be a great way for us to, to enter into that lane and and see how you guys like it that's good to hear nice we have, you, did you have another question? Are you all good? No, that was that was basically it. I mean, okay. tonight right. you have just answered everything that we could even imagine <laughs> or ask. So, exactly. but we all did touch base with products, so I just wanted to ask that. Nice, right <laughs> on. Well, I do want to talk about uh, one thing, and I had, and it kind of uh, was I was testing the waters with it at the at the last makeup show. Uh, I have a few people that. Uh, were asking me about classes, and I don't, I don't know that I'm going to generally do like a regular class again the way I've done them before, uh, because I felt as if I wanted to try to find a way to make this class more than just 
I guess, like a seminar. Uh, and knowing what I know, you know, about some of the education that uh, that uh, you guys are uh, accustomed to or that you even have access to, uh, I wanted to create something totally different where you really could take home a bit of me, I guess. Uh, and that was in this new course that I'm designing, which, which you can find it at if you go to ajcrimson.com, which is my blog. It's on the right-hand side. It gives you more of the details of this class. But I've already done this with about maybe six or seven students, and it's gone really well. I'm really excited about it. Uh, but it's it's a hand it's a completely hands-on class, and I'm only taking six people in each class maximum. Uh, so in a, in the first few that I've done, we've done it with my three people in one, and then we've done it with a few more in another, and then I've also just done it where it was more one-on-one. Uh, and in this class, where I'm basically taking my kit, I'm giving you I'm giving you access to my kit, and there's certain things that I'm actually giving you for your kit. Uh, like we're talking, we're going into foundations. Where it's more than just beauty one-on-one. Uh, it's just more application. It's so much about the application, I think, because we're you got a lot of you have beauty one on one. A lot of you have like the basics because you got it from whether you whether you worked at a makeup counter or you worked, you know, or you went to a beauty school or you took some classes. You have those basics, and I always feel like I always feel like everybody kind of has that, and no one can really teach you how to do uh, teach you color or teach you, you know, some of those things. But it is about an application, and what I found uh, when I teach certain classes, like the last. Uh, class that I had done in D.C. was with uh, the Bennett Career Institutes, which that was a really great moment for me there because I got to see so many different skill levels uh, in one place. And when I, when I taught my class and I said, hey, we're going to attempt to do this look because I don't use a lot of powder, we're going to do this look with no powder, I saw so many kits opening up that had powder, and they were using powder on the person, and that totally negates the entire technique in which I was teaching you if you're going to return to powder or do your whole face, your whole makeup in, in this space. So with this particular course, uh, it's two days uh, for most, and there's a third day, which I, I've done with as like a follow-up with just to kind of go into some business details. Uh, but we're going to spend about six to eight hours together on day one and we're just going through the kit and we're going through, you know, the different applications and we're testing things out and, and we're getting down to the basics of, or not really down to the basics, but we're going a little bit further than the basics to uh, figure out how to get this application just perfect and just the right way through technique. Day two, I brought in photography friends of mine that I have tested my entire book with, uh, for the most part, and we do jobs and things together. And I bring in models that I would use for my portfolio because I'm super particular about that. Like I, there's nothing worse than like seeing a portfolio with a, with great makeup and the wrong model or, you know, all the other things because a picture is not a picture unless the entire thing is perfect. Uh, so I'm bringing in models for each student, uh, and you're actually going to shoot with my photographers, and we're going to test. We're going to we're going to do a couple looks based on everything that you learned the day before, uh, for the two days, uh, and this and with this photo shooting these retouched images that you're going to get back for your book, it is fifteen hundred dollars. But that's a small price to pay for to work with photographers that you 
wouldn't have access to to uh, work with models that you don't have access to and to sit and really be able to get your questions answered in an environment and in a setting uh, that's one-on-one. You know, where it's not 20 of us. It's not 10 of us. It's it's like three or four, maybe six at the most. Uh, so you get the attention. You're going to get my undivided attention in that class. Uh, and so for all of those that were interested in that, uh, you can email me at that same email address, uh, crimsonite10 at gmail.com, and we can talk about it more if you want more details. But it's really only for people that are super serious about it. Um, yeah. You, so that was Crimson I-10? Crimson Knight. So C-R-I-M-S-O-N-I-T-E, like like Kryptonite, but Crimson Knight. Right. right. Just go to ajcrimson.com and it's, it's there. It'll be there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really love how you said, um, but that's only for those people who are really serious <laughs> Yeah, I no, it's it. true. I mean, because, you know, again, like the thing the thing about some of the classes that I've taught before, I always felt a little confused just because I never knew what the skill level was in the room. You know, there's some people that are, you know, that are a little more advanced that don't need certain things, you know, and then there's some of them that were in the room and they were just starting out, you know. So I think that you have to know what your skill level is in order to really participate or want to participate in in something. So, you know, this kind of takes the guesswork out of it. You know, this is for those who, you know, there's a there's a there's a certain way that I create beauty on on my clients. You know, I always like to still see them. You know, a Marie so actually we have a shoot coming up and uh and for her wedding like she was saying she's like AJ like I you know, I've always loved the way you've done my makeup. And even though, like, I know all of your other clients and I know who you do, I never feel like I see me in them. I see myself. Yeah. I always see myself. And even if we try something really dramatic or something really different or off to the left, you still see Amory. You never say, oh, Amory's makeup was amazing if you're not looking for that. You always say Amory looks amazing. So I never lost a Marie in that book where some artist uh, that you look at after they're, you know, through glam, you're wondering who that is. You know, that's it's really important to never lose that. I think that's why I've lasted so long. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Feels good times. I don't have any, I don't know if I have any closing notes. I only want to say uh, thank you to everyone who's ever supported me. And, um, and thank you for all of you listeners who are uh you know who are just who are coming to shows like this and listening and you know listening to me go on and on for hours <laughs> and and feeling like you can take something away from it because I think that that's really uh that's my goal I just want you if you don't if you don't agree with some of it, hopefully you'll agree with something and maybe you'll find another thing to take home and and apply it to your own day to day and and it'll help you. Because I just remember, you know, there was not from kiss, from creating Kissable Couture. There's no book out there to tell you how to create a makeup line. I had to figure it all out, and there was no book on. Well, actually, that's not true. There is a book, the Hair, Makeup, and Wardrobe Guide that Crystal Wright does, which I actually had that book when I set off on my journey to start all of this stuff. So there was a book that did that did tell you how to do certain things, but there were also certain aspects of the book when you start to put it into practical. Uh, uses that you'd only learn 
by doing. So, you know, I want to at least be able to buffer some of that for some of those who, you know, if you don't have the book, you need to get it. Or, you know, if you've, you've grown past the book and, you know, and now we're just trying to figure out how to ex- expand the brand, you know. Absolutely. So I thank you all. appreciate it. I appreciate you for inviting me on the show. Oh, not a problem. I thank you. And I'm going to thank you in advance for coming back on the show really soon. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be yes. great. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so I guess the only thing I can say is thank you again. We um, have that email straight now, um, crimsonnight10 at gmail. And if you didn't get that, then go to ajcrimson.com. Um, and I guess that's it, but thank you so much. Um, I think I'm pretty sure those people in the chat room and those listening are going to be mad, but, yes, we're ending the show now. But he'll be back and we'll do it all over again. Oh, you know what? I also, I'm, I'm sorry not to cut you off. Um, okay. So I was going to do a live Ustream. I'm going to do a live Ustream on October 2nd. Uh, uh-huh. And I've been promoting it on Twitter over the last couple of days. So I am still going to do the live uh, Ustream. I, the only part about it is that I, I can only speak and I can only read your comments. Uh, okay. So that's the part that's kind of the bummer for me because I really want to talk to people. But, uh, but I am still going to do it, and I'm going to be able to ask answer some of the questions if you don't uh, get to answer have your questions answered today. Uh, so I'll see you guys okay. on Sunday. And can you tell us um, how do we uh, how do we? Well, how they, do we get to I'm going to send a link out through uh, through the uh, through Twitter and Facebook, and you just okay. log on to the link because it'll be a stream, So. It, you okay. I'm trying to work out a way where it actually shows up on Facebook right now because I I've been getting really techy lately, so uh, <laughs> I think I'm getting close. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, so <laughs> we'll see how it all turns out. Uh, so yeah, so if if I don't end up at at this hip hop award, we're definitely still on for our October second, folks. <laughs> All right. Well, if you do wind up at the Hip Hop Awards, please uh, give me a call because we are here in Atlanta. Nice. Yes, you're right. Yes. You are there. Yes. So let us yeah, know. ATL. All right. Well, good times. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody. Right. And don't forget to follow okay. me on Twitter and Facebook and leave me questions and comments. I love answering all that good stuff. And uh, oh. and I guess I'll talk to everybody on the next time on Beauty Talk. All right. Thanks a bunch. All right. Take care. Thanks. Okay. Have a good night, everybody.